Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome in to the PHNX Rising Podcast. Happy Tuesday to you all. Appreciate you guys joining us. I am Max Simpson, and I am joined by a man. He is my uh, Gallardo to my Kev Lambert, uh, the man who is not drinking a beer uh, this evening, and I am taking his place drinking said beer, Mr. Owen Evans. How are we doing? I'm surprised by the Gallardo to Kev Lambert one. I feel like there are better, like, pairings that you could make on there. I mean, the, the Gabby Torres to Danny Trejo, right? There's a there's a combination there. It works. It was. Know? Was it more of the... Was I was the, going off more of the, uh, the corner scored. Mm. Yeah, I know. Kind of offbeat. Okay. And I, had, okay. I had to remember it off the top of my head. I'm like, that combo really did happen, which is did. really it weird. Did. But yeah, that's what I was going with. It, it okay. hesitated on that for a second anyway. But... Appreciate y'all joining in. Um, Harry already <laughs> active in the oh, chat. I wonder dear. why. Oh, We're going to hear more from you on Thursday, I'm sure, sir. But we got a lot to get yeah, into. Yes. Downward trend, San Antonio. <laughs> downward trend, San Antonio. Oh, downward trend, San Antonio. Well, we appreciate you guys joining us. Got a lot to get into today. We want to start off by getting a bit further into uh, the match against Monterey Bay from Saturday. Again, that one finished 1-1 all in that draw. Owen, we talked about it at length. You know, in the moment, I think we kind of came away with it's a good point to have, but there were definitely some missed opportunities at the table. Where do you stand now? I mean, look, Phoenix Rising probably should have created more in that game. Um, they had enough of the ball. They had opportunities. Uh Um, it wasn't as though Monterey Bay, look, Monterey were happy to sit back and and defend, but it wasn't as though they didn't give rising opportunities. The problem is, is that when you only get one shot on target in the entire game, you're probably going to come away with at best a point. Um, it's, it's very difficult to take that few chances that are actually any, real challenge for the goalkeeper and again he he made no saves all game one shot on target right so it's it's very hard to come out of a game like that and get more than a point now look overall again rising at home probably should have done a little bit better um Monterey Bay a very mid-table kind of team I think it's safe to say and Mm -hmm. and that's reflected in where they are of course in the table at the moment but yeah, I mean, it could be worse. It could be worse. And and there was improvement, at least. I think one of the things that we've off spoken about is, you know, in the past, was we didn't feel like, and with Rick Shantz, the, the team really adapted itself necessarily, didn't necessarily have the kind of game plan and, and yep. strategy that you need. That was very clearly not the case in this game. There was a plan. Right. Um, and I think, broadly speaking, it, it worked in terms of nullifying Monterey Bay. No, for sure. Well, let's take a look at that shot map that you referenced there. So kind of going off this, for those of you who are watching alongside us, I'll do my best to translate those of you listen on audio. Yeah, man, there's a lot of shots, you know, some outside, the one outside the box, some that are just low, kind of like low XG. But really the key thing that you mentioned is it is the keeper did not have to make a save. There was the one goal off the corner from Kev Lambert, as previously mentioned. And then the one off of the woodwork, there were a couple, right? This chart doesn't tell you that there was one that was you know maybe half a foot above over the crossbar there are a couple others where it was definitely within a crowded area but when you only have one goal like one shot on target and you're only making the keeper make us like not even make, having them make a save you're not gonna fare super well in the results and i'm curious when you look at this 
it doesn't tell the full story, but even just the shot selection, how you'd expect from that range to have the keeper make a bit more saves. You would, you would. Um, I, again, you look at them, there's a lot of misses in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not good. I mean, there's a couple of blocks as well, which, yep. yeah, that happens, that happens. I, I think this is fundamentally where it went wrong for Phoenix Rising. When you look at the game plan as a whole, they managed to nullify Monterey Bay for the most part. But the problem you get is that that only works for so long. It mm-hmm. doesn't work kind of if you're just constantly, you know, not really creating anything, not really getting the the shots that you need, not really getting just the the, the real threatening of the goal that you need. Yeah. The more that you kind of just have to rely on the fact that, well, it's fine because we're still relatively solid. We're still eventually concern, panic, whatever kicks in at some point. And, and you make mistakes. You make silly mistakes. And we saw that Phoenix Rising make a very, very silly mistake on the corner kick ultimately in giving away that penalty. Um, I think it was just a penalty that, quite frankly, they had no reason to have to concede. Um and yeah they pay the price for that one and that's why they only come away with a point in the end definitely no and I mean I think the the shot selection is something that I wouldn't even say the shot selection it's the lack of finishing of chances we talked about a bit after Saturday we've talked a bit about it after previous matches that it's something that's it's a recurring theme it's not that this team isn't getting opportunities I think that's an entirely you know that's a whole nother conversation that I just don't think you really need to have with this team it's the finishing and being clinical in those final chances whether it is getting the right shots off whether it is making sure that you're setting your teammates up and they just in these moments where it's so pressure packed and the margins are so thin, all it takes is one loose touch or one slight miss hit, or even at the end um, of the match of, hey, a, a teammate running into one another and it just like, you know, you see the shot kind of go wayward. It's things like that that it's kind of been happening a bit all season. Again, I think I'm trying to pump the brakes where it's not something that's overly concerned, where I would rather be in this situation rather than not even creating the chances at all. But there does come a point where you will be punished if you do not capitalize on those. There will be. There will be. And and that's going to come against better teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually already seen that to an extent. We saw Phoenix Rising have a lot of possession away to San Diego Loyal. We saw them at times look like the better team. And we saw that because they couldn't convert, because they couldn't actually get those shots on goal they needed, it takes one little mistake, all of a sudden you're 1-0 down. Mm. Then you, you're pushing, pushing, and pushing for that equalizer. You make a little mistake, you're 2-0 down. Yeah. You end up losing that game 3-0. That's what we saw against a better team in San Diego yeah. Loyal and what they were able to do when you were up against a team that is, again, willing to possess the ball, might, broadly speaking, have the game plan they need to get a result. But because they can't ultimately get that ball in the back of the net, they're in for a bad time. No, 100%. Well, and I think what we've kind of seen with Rising, how you compare and contrast them in some of the matches they face, even looking at their average position in the match, you saw where they won against Birmingham Legion and this previous match where they drew against Monterey Bay. And, you know, kind of looking at that and once you kind of see that on screen here, I mean, Owen, what are your first thoughts on this end? Because what I'm seeing is you're seeing on one hand, Birmingham Legion seems like a pretty like even kind of distribution, like players kind of set up where it's all very structured and disciplined versus Monterey Bay. I think there was a bit more, there's a bit more of a counterattack punch, so to speak. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing here in some ways is that you've got in the Monterey Bay, when you see that you've got Manuel Arteaga, you've got Danny Trejo, especially here 
You've got Uzo further up that pitch. I mean, Uzo is the furthest forward player yep. based on his average positioning uh, in, in that game. And, and so I think what you're seeing in the Monterey Bay one is the fact that with Rising having so much possession and having it in the op- opponent's half, you're seeing that those positionings for the a lot of the attack-minded players, they're quite high up. Now, I know you'll probably want to speak about Uzo later uh, in more detail, but just to contrast that a little bit to the Birmingham Legion game, if you actually look at the back... Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference there. The defensive midfielders are all mm. relatively structured, similar kind of positionings. Obviously, that's flipped in this one because Rising's home in one away in the other. The back three, yeah, again, it's kind of similar. And so I think what you're, what you're looking at here is that Rising went into that Monterey Bay game with a much more disciplined approach despite the fact they knew they were going to have a lot of the ball against a team that was going to let them have a lot of the ball whereas Birmingham Legion wasn't quite the same Birmingham Legion aren't uh, there to absorb as much pressure in the same way that Monterey Bay did Uh, and so you'd almost expect with Birmingham Legion the average position is going to be a bit deeper because of just the nature of the way that play went but um yeah it's interesting that even against Monterey Bay a team that were going to let Rising possess a lot of the ball actually the back five players plus a goalkeeper if you want to count him um didn't really on average advance much further up the pitch Mm -hmm. no definitely and even within the birmingham legion game right you kind of see here um just the positioning of the front three um not including uzo the actual front three designated uh players it's interesting how when you have uh in there instead of uh, Danny Trejo, who was in for Monterey Bay. Fascinating there how, I mean, I think they tend to play a bit um, wider out on the wings for Birmingham Legion versus Monterey Bay. You love how um, Gallardo and Trejo really like to operate within that half space. So kind of interesting there. Also in Monterey Bay, Danny Trejo really seems to be a bit more of that forward presser. He's not going to do the same type of uh, positioning as Manuel Arteaga, who is completely that guy pressing the back line, but just little wrinkles to know. And the one thing that you kind of see on that Monterey Bay look at Carlos Harvey and Zambrano like they couldn't like that is just perfectly together in the midfield there just super fascinating how their movement has been all season indeed and I think the other thing we're seeing is as we've said all along and we've said this since preseason is that there's an imbalance in those fullbacks Mm -hmm. and that's not as though well Gabby Torres doesn't do much when he goes up forward no that's that's not the case it's more the fact that they're going to rely a lot more heavily on the player on Uzo's side, typically on one of those fullbacks at least, to make the runs up there. And the other fullback is going to stay quite a bit deeper in, in some ways. And so, you know, you, you get to that point whereby, yes, it's a back three uh, with two wing backs, mm-hmm. but you're seeing they're never really progressing outside of what you could also probably describe at times as a back four. Um, he's, he's at least ready normally in a position easier to drop back there. Um, whereas Uzo, Uzo goes bombing up there and I mean, Uzo, then you expect the, the, backline shift out a little bit and cover that that space that he's leaving definitely and even even not only just the imbalance where you see it in the um in the outside backs but even like carlos harvey where you see him he's draw you know he's never going to be the like fully play on that back line but even where he's tends to be the one drops he, he's he is really more of that it seems like box to box granted zambrano can be doing that as well but carlos harvey seems to be the one where out of the two of them he's going to drop a bit further back um in off the back line and really kind of play in that pseudo defender type role as well so kind of interesting very fluid to see all of that uh, defense positioning i'm curious 
from your perspective, coming out of this match, if your opinions have changed and maybe some of the guys we highlight, I know we kind of highlight the performances of Uzo, of Kev Lambert, um, you know, of Rocco, anyone else in retrospect you think really stood out? Not particularly. Um, I think that most players are kind of where they, they were along. I think the main thing actually coming out of that game is I think it's a, to a degree, good practice ready for San Antonio. Mm. Um, San Antonio, again, a team that are willing to let you possess the ball, that are going to catch you on a quick break, typically. They're not known for their, I'd say, football on the ground, pretty, pretty, yeah, you hear that, pass Harry? it around, kind of. <laughs> They're not. And it's effective. <laughs> no, it's really sure. effective. In a lower league, yeah. if you can get buy-in into a system like that and you have the talent that's capable of executing it, that can be really successful. And that's why we saw San Antonio utilizing that kind of football more and go off and actually win the title last year so that's really the thing here right san antonio are a much much better monterey bay in mm. a lot of ways and there are differences yeah. of course there are differences sure. um but there's still going to be some elements of things that you have to pay attention to in the same way you're still going to have to be very disciplined when you're going in the attack you're going to have to make sure that you don't you know attack with too many numbers in such a way that when san antonio regain the ball you're going to have to recover quite quickly. Mm -hmm. You, know, you want to be in a position whereby you're being disciplined, you're able to stay back, keep some numbers back at least, so that they can react when that change happens. But it, it's... I think that's the main takeaway more than anything. I, I mean, intrigued about how much... And we'll, we'll probably hear more about this on Thursday because that's when we'll be able to speak with Angera. Uh, we'll then go off and manage to analyze what he's saying, but... It's practice. It's practice in some ways for a much, much tougher foe in a game that's actually probably going to be one of the tougher of the season. Would you say the way they played against Monterey Bay is a good blueprint to follow against San Antonio? If they can score. that That's the problem. Yes. The yeah. whole thing falls apart if you're yes. not looking at getting goals. Mm. And I, I really, really think that on Rising's end, they need need to click in that regard. There yeah. needs to be that just something better in the final third and it, i don't know who you want to point the finger at you can say it's the forwards not finishing you can say it's the ball's not getting in quite right to them i mean there's a lot of factors at play but regardless they need need to be better at finishing and, and i mean scott they're saying in the chat is it time to start conway over arteaga it's a good mm, question it's a good question i think it's something that a lot of us have been thinking about we've been kind of debating for a while if conway will become the starter or, or perhaps even uh, the better question would be when he'd become the starter. Um, but we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And I mean, the thing is, is that obviously Artiaga gets that brace. You feel like, well, you can't really replace him because he got that brace in the home opener. But then ever since, it's been mm, not ideal, not ideal. Um, so I think the question's perfectly valid to be asking it again. No, definitely. I, You know, we saw him... Jackson Conway get a bit of an extended run, or I would say extended in the sense of what he's played relative to the season against Monterey Bay. And I think you still need a larger sample size. I would not be upset or really shocked if he does either start against San Antonio or if it is more of like a maybe you're playing now you're up to 60 minutes. Maybe it's a halftime substitution, depending, of course, how the match is going. But I think it's something where you know, both players have their strengths. They're distinctly different players, in my view, at least in terms of movement, maybe profile and size and everything, similar in some ways. But I think Conway can just give you a bit of that 
clinical and decisiveness that's just been lacking up top. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's something we, we've kind of said this since he yeah. arrived that look, you got a guy who scored double digit goals for a very poor team in Atlanta United too last year in this league. When you've yeah. got that at your disposal, you have to use it and you have to use it wisely because yeah. he can get you a lot of those goals that you need. If you're playing them in right, and you're Definitely. actually giving him the playing time as well. When you look at it, Rising, ha- except for the, I would reckon, except for the opening match against Charleston Battery, they have been the team to really take it to the other one. Maybe not from the very first whistle. Maybe there's a couple minutes lull here and there. But they have been the club who have been on the front foot, have been generating the more attacking opportunities earlier on in the match compared to their opponent and it's something where you got to seize your opportunity you got to take advantage of those opportunities as they arise to you and an opportunity you can take advantage of is going to our friends at circle k they got all the deals for you guys iced coffee just 189 you know we got the polar pops it's getting hot out um, all the different types of energy drinks beer specials Everything going on, um, you know, as always, making sure you text 31310, uh, text to win, P- text PHNX to 31310 for all the different uh, just updates that they're giving you guys. We'll be running more sweepstakes with them soon. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. You head to circlek.com slash store dash locator. Again, circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And while you're doing that, make sure you're drinking a Four Peaks again. Oh, and uh, I told you that I'm drinking the nice holiday and that's holly day uh salted caramel porter um yeah you're not drinking today are you no i'm not i'm mm. not i'm uh, mm. choosing to drink responsibly wait until i get home after i've driven home and, ah uh, yes mm, interesting um, i'm sure i'll enjoy a drink or two watching the suns mm, yeah of course well uh we enjoy a good four peaks do it while you're watching the suns grab a suns brew and of course when you're joining us next thursday uh taking the nfl draft it's on april 27th at their eighth street pub Re- register for free in the link in our show notes take advantage of beer specials again three dollar redbird lager pints and five dollar pitchers and you must be 21 years or older to enjoy responsibly um speaking of enjoying i actually have a few uh wows i think in the, oh, in the fridge ready for the uh oh my gosh ready for the old uh suns game later today yeah are we uh, i know we're not really in the business of predicting um suns uh scores but do you have a do you have a suns victory tonight good sir uh i don't know it's tough to tell. I mean, it's not going to end in a draw, buddy. So you got to say one way or another. It's not going to end in a draw, but hey, we'll uh, we'll see how it ends. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the most, uh, I think someone's spamming your account, Owen. Someone is just commenting in the chat. Really weird how that happens. Anyway, um, going around the USL, speaking of weird things that are happening, there are probably some key results that we want to talk about. I know we talked a bit about it on Saturday, but anything really stand out on you because we're kind of getting to the point of, shoot, man, it's been about a month plus of play here. It has. It has. Now, I'm going to kind of point to a few of these. I think that New Mexico's draw against San Diego Loyal, that's one that people kind of pointed to as, well, New Mexico is starting to starting to build again, perhaps, a little bit after a, a pretty rough start to the season. They got the win in Miami, but thereafter it was two losses, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure whether I would quite go that far. They did have the majority of the shots they had the majority of the shots on target slightly less possession but still a healthy amount in 38 percent but i'm still i'm still not convinced i mean there's there's something to be said again for finishing um i think that sometimes you get away with it a little bit more when your finishing isn't there if you feel like your team has dominated the performance i don't think that New new mexico did that 
in that game against San mm. Diego. So I don't know. I'm not maybe quite as high on them as some people might be, but we'll see. Um, I, I'm I'm just utterly bemused that yet again. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I understand that Nicholas Murray has a has a job to do at the league office, but I, I'm bemused yet again at the power rankings. Sorry, oh, yes. I'm just going to do that because. This is a slight tangent, this one, but I, I mean, Tampa Bay Rowdies in, in 10th. We're rising in 13th, and Rising have got more points from less games and have a substantially better record against common opponents is baffling to me. But make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Um, Rising only went up two spots, actually, in the power rankings this, mm. this past week. You know who actually went up the most spots in power rankings this week? Give me a guess. Know. Oh, it's not man. that hard. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm actually trying to remember. You can, you can guess. Just looking at the scores, you can probably guess. I know, I'm trying to pull up all the fixtures I can't have in front of me. You have to help me. They've actually moved up to ninth in the power rankings, and we were up eight spaces. Oh, gosh. Loudoun United with a 3 0 win over Birmingham Legion. It's interesting because you listen to some of the people from Birmingham, and, and what they're saying here is that they felt as though, in a lot of ways, their good start to the season was papering over some cracks. Hmm. And. That's not the team now saying that. That's well, media there. That'd be, bad. That'd be horrible. It would be a PR. bit concerning yeah. if that was the line that they were choosing to go with. But, oh, yeah, PR guy. But, but the people really covering sucks. the team there, yeah. uh, and that's what they're coming yeah. out with. And it, it makes sense in some ways. I mean, the 2 1 loss to Rising felt like, look, it's a bad result for them, but it was a one that you could at least kind of hold your head high a little bit from at the end as well. You put the ball in the net three times, two of them were called offside. You sure. know, it, it's. It's, it can be tough. Rising definitely employed the dark arts at the end of that game. The difference here is that then you go and lose to Loudon 3-0. And that one is a... There's no real taking yeah. positives from a game like that. I recall last year when Loudon were actually worse at that point. And at one stage, Rising were losing 4-1 to them in Loudon. And you just kind of have to look at it and just say, they're really losing by this. To yeah. these, <laughs> to like these, they, there's yeah. no real justification. There's no real justification to losing half the time to Loudoun United. Okay, let's be perfectly honest. Yeah. When you get absolutely battered in the way that Legion did, I, I mean, look, Loudoun didn't just beat them; they comprehensively beat them. Mm. This isn't like one of those ones whereby you 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 know put free in the back of the net and just go well. It's the only real chances they had all game. Loudon had 19 shots, eight on target. Mm-hmm. Birmingham Legion had seven shots, three on target the whole game. If if Loudon's goalkeeper hadn't even made a save, they'd have still drawn. Mm. So, and yeah. Loudon had more possession, completed more passes, better passing accuracy. I, I mean, when you look at things through that lens, Birmingham deserved to lose that game. Yeah. I mean, and they, yeah. again, you lose it by three goals away to Loudon. There's no excuses for that. I mean, I think There's no excuses. I think this league did not follow my Four Peaks disclaimer because I believe it's drunk this year with just the different fixtures that have come out. I mean, you even look at in the East, Charleston Battery, and you see their you know result against uh, Phoenix in this season opener. I mean, they've won their last four games. And they only have a goal differential of six. I think, I think mm-hmm. it's just such a, a fascinating thing. Just the margins are, and that leads the East. The margins are so small here, even in the West, other than Sack at eight, 
at 11 goal differential. The next highest is San Diego Loa four goal differential. All this to say, these margins are razor thin and it's still so early for anyone to really be separating themselves. That's why you see all these topsy-turvy table movers going up and down this thing like a shoots and ladders. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. And I mean, there's one other thing that I will pick up in a second, but I'm just double checking. One of the highest foul counts, actually, of all the games this weekend. Uh, not the highest. They were beaten ultimately by Louisville San Antonio, but Pittsburgh against RGV. Yeah. There were 31 fouls in that game. The referee for that game, Sergi Demianchuk, he's going to be the referee for Rising's game in San Antonio. How many cards? On the upcoming. It's only four cards. Oh, but gosh. Pittsburgh ultimately gave away 20 fouls. <laughs> which is a large, large number of fouls like to give away. I don't like that. So, I mean, Louisville also gave up 20 fouls over the course of the weekend. You know, it's Vegas actually gave up 18 as well. So they were well, at least you're not seeing nine there. yellow cards given to you're one not team. not seeing nine yellow cards given to one team. I you're not heard. even seeing, as happened in the New Mexico-San Diego game, four yellows for New Mexico and three for San Diego. Yeah. But he did give a lot of fouls in that game. Yeah. I for, how did, um, I forgot to ask, how did uh, the match finish that went to the 338th minute with uh, I mean, Memphis they, and they Lights? They played it out, didn't they? <laughs> they played it out. Yeah. I, oh. I, I've got to be honest. I, I still don't understand that was why. Crazy. With 12 minutes left oh to play, gosh, you decide. Man. Having had that weather delay, you know what? It's fine. We'll wait four hours. <laughs> we'll then play the 12 minutes at one in the morning. Dude, your hands. Why? Oh my gosh. Why? It was too all. Just call the game. Just call it. Like, it's too all. 78th minute. Why do they need to wait four hours to play in front of <laughs> no one? Because no one's staying there for four hours to watch 12 minutes of you, football. Yes, or maybe you're just crazy. I mean, a small number of people may have, but very few there, especially because, you know, it was a weather issue. So, I mean, yeah. do you really want to be out there? Um, so, so, I just don't get it. I mean, it was called pretty quickly after Emmanuel uh, Ledesma. Got and what a shot it was to be fair as well. I That's mean, you look at those two Vegas goals. One of them was very fluky, but from distance. And then the Ledesma goal was no, that wasn't fluky. That was that was the fi quality quality finish of a player who. Look, I I know personally, I expressed some doubts about him coming into this league uh, for the whatever time it is that he's coming into this league, because he's been here before, of course, very successful with FC Cincinnati, but. Mm -hmm. I think when you see moments like that, it's a reminder that even players as they're aging, as they're getting past their prime, they're still going to have that little bit of quality in them. And that quality shows itself in those kind of shots that you take from distance and just how dangerous they can be. Maybe you don't have the legs that you once had, you still got that shot. We saw it with Didier Drogba here. Yeah. That was the extreme example, of course, but we've seen him hit some absolute rockets when he was with Phoenix Rising. Some bangers. Absolute rockets, just <laughs> shots from. I, I mean, the, the free kick I believe was away to LA Galaxy two. Mm. Um, it's just ah, it's insane, insane. And, and so, look, that that's what you're getting with Ledesma. Of course, Ledesma signed into the season for Vegas Lights. Someone else just signed actually, and this one relevant for this weekend's mm. game. Jorge Hernandez joining. San Antonio. Now mm. Jorge has been away from USL for a little while. He was last year in 2021 when he was with LA Galaxy 2. Back then, of course, uh -huh. were in this league. Yes. He was 
something else. Named the All League team. Uh, six assists he got, but that doesn't tell the whole story. I mean, they were a reserve team. 12 goals. The real one that you stands out here, 91 chances created for Hernandez in 2021. That's yeah. in one season. That averages over three chances created per 90 minutes of gameplay. In fact, the team themselves only got 316 chances all year. He mm. created 91 of them. It's a lot. When you look at a guy like that, that kind of a playmaker, especially with a San Antonio team that have a tendency to be, I mean, they're quite thin. Uh -huh. um, we know that Alan works them quite hard on the training ground in such a way that the injury crisis they're having now, they had it last year as well. Yep. Probably not that much of a surprise, to be perfectly honest, that that they're suffering from an injury crisis of sorts and that's impacting their their depth there. But when you sign a guy like Jorge Hernandez, that's that's one to, to step up to actually pay attention and go, okay, okay, they're taking this seriously, hmm. um, as you'd expect a team that are defending champions to do. Wow. And he's someone you have really, really got to watch. We'll delve, I'm sure, into more about his game on our next show, but he's really one to watch. <laughs> Definitely. No, it seems like guy, guy to watch. Uh, said a guy, he said he's a guy who, you know, he steps up, takes something seriously. That's what our friends at OG's brands do. They step up, they take things seriously in what they do and creating delicious scratch made THC gummies for our friends. As we know, they are Arizona born and bred. We got to love them. All the different things that they got. We had a well, I had a wonderful time at uh, Buds of Palooza. It was quite the doozy. Uh, watched a little Super Mario Brothers movie afterwards. Great film, by the way, if uh, people have not seen it. Highly, highly recommend. But yes, you can find them at your local dispensary at ogsbrands.com. You must be 21 plus years or older to enjoy responsibly. We got to shout out our friends at Valley Tap Room every day this week. They're going to have happy hour from noon to six every day. That's $1 off drafts and wine plus and I get that a lot of people are going to be watching the Rising game, but hear me out on this. Saturday from 6 to 10 p.m., karaoke. Well, bear this in mind. Mm -hmm. Rising's game kicks it's off. It's at 5.30. It's an early kickoff. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're of course, going to come watch our postgame show. That's going to be over, say, around, oh, I reckon around 8.30, give or take, somewhere. Yeah, in the, oh, yeah. wait, oh, you know, Owen, by the time he's still done. Got really, out, then you'd get out. you go to the Valley Tap Room. What is your, what, what is your karaoke song of choice? Well, I don't know. I don't know, because normally I'm, you know, I, I, I would definitely go to to this karaoke night i'm sure i would of course well, show I'm, myself up but i'm course. afraid i'm gonna be in san antonio well, so uh, i'm not gonna get couldn't uh, possibly couldn't i'm not gonna possibly. get beers handed to me and made to he sing, will be hey, buying beers. what's new pussy he guy? will That's be buying beers i'm hearing yeah. to well, anyone anyone who puts his name down for karaoke if you if, uh, if pick the, the song if the people compel me you know perhaps i will uh, i will join them out there so Hit me up uh, in the Discord on the Twitterverse, and you can compel me to go after such a grueling. What would you sing? Show. What would you choose to sing then, if it was actually your choice? Either? Ooh, dude, there are so many good ones. Um, one of my ooh, a good, a great go-to is anything Queen. Queen is a is a very good karaoke band. Same. No? So don't yeah. pick him anything from oh Queen my gosh. when you go there. Ooh, all right, well. Make him sing something <laughs> that he won't like. Yes. Uh, yeah, like what's new Pussycat, where I didn't know half the dang words. I didn't even off. pick that for yes, you. Yes, I always. know. Well, no, you told me you were going to save me by doing some other song. Oh, I'm sorry. I couldn't help you with that. Yeah, I mean, we, we tried. Whatever. You didn't try hard enough. Anyway, check out all the awesome things they got going on at Instagram at Valley Tap Room. Again, that's Instagram at Valley Tap Room. By the way, when you go to there, they're going to have a post about karaoke 
tag at OJ Evans 18 and you know he'll show up and uh do some uh do some karaoke he'll fly in from San Antonio do a, a yeah, red the magic eye. plane that gets there within exactly. 10 minutes exactly yeah, he'll do it yeah tag at- Max, Max is actually keeping this technology a secret from you I um, am the mastermind behind it all but yes mm-hmm. see you guys there at the two off the 202 and Gilbert's fun stuff with our friends at Valley Tap Room. it's been a fun stuff man I got a match tomorrow I'm not talking about a rising match I'm talking about a USL match I'm talking about Good old rivalry of USA versus Mexico. God, they really, really big up this B international, they really do. don't they? Right? It's, the B, it's, it's the a B, B international, right? I, I have to be honest, watching the Suns game the other day, just the number of times they were like, one of the biggest rivalries in North America. I'm like, no, 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 dude. They what? Said, no. no, they were saying North America at one point. Of USA, Mexico? Yeah. And I'm like, no, who no, else no. is there? No, dude, I'll, I'll give you one even further. They said the world of global soccer. That's I'm what, like, yeah, well, US I'm soccer's like, been pushing that line as well. Look, it's a B international, let's be honest. It's an interesting one. But I think the key thing here is is that most international games, even friendlies, you can look at as, okay, I want to actually get a result. I really care about the result. This one, I think, if you're looking at this as anything more than what you typically look at as a rough early season club friendly, whereby can you get something by watching it? Yes, if you're looking for specific talking points, if you're looking to see how certain individuals are doing stuff, if you're trying to treat it in the same way the coaches are treating it in terms of looking at how certain... No, because there are people who are like fringe players maybe that could make a uh, could make the squad ultimately into the gold oh, cup. I thought, oh, I thought you Nations were saying League. like they're not taking it seriously. Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally thinking like... No, I think there's, I think there's definitely scope oh, okay, for, for, for those kind of oh, things. I, but I, I at, totally the, same time, at okay. the same time... Okay. It's it's a, a friendly outside of a FIFA window. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have to be perfectly clear about this. We all know exactly what it's about, right? We we definitely know exactly what these. I mean, it's it's Mexico playing not in Ohio. You know exactly what it's about. Damn, um, that's a deep cut for those uh, who I mean, know. Man. That's the, the U, U.S. soccer. I mean, organizing Shoot. this one as well. Shoot. You know, as they talk about the what is it? They've given it a name and a sponsor as well. You know, it's got a name. Those darn pa- those darn sponsors. They ruin everything. Yeah, they yeah. do. But um, <laughs> it, it's it's just look. You've got to treat it as what it is, and what it is is a B international. Uh, I kind of got it into it with someone there today uh fellow reporter not not nastily don't worry um good friend that many of you would know um he and we were arguing should these actually count for cap numbers and i was saying no they definitely shouldn't um because it's a b international let's call it what it is it is a b international your caps and your goals should not really count here but i digress they will um but yeah, let's live in reality here. It'll be a fun experience, I think, if you go there for the experience, not so much for the game. Or it'll be fun if you're treating it as a genuine, serious, like scouting kind of exercise, kind of want to evaluate players in certain situations rather than caring too much about the result. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I got up there to training today, um, up to the US training up at State Farm Stadium, where it is a carpet. The uh, the field the playing surface like a carpet, genuinely. And they always do a good job up there. To be fair, these uh, April, June, July games, they really do do a good job. I'm, it's actually <laughs> something that you know when you when you listen to football and they talk about it. Out of all the NFL stadiums, is the one they actually want to play at because the pitch is good. It took me. I'm going to be honest. It took me a second to hear you say carpet because you paused and I heard car pit. 
and I'm thinking they have hosted like monster truck rallies there, and I'm like, that is an insult. I'm just gonna pull the mic no, away no, from no, him no, now. No, 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 no. Look, uh, it's yeah, it's the playing surface is very good. Always yeah. has been up there, um, and it's why they've gotten late stage Gold Cup games in part um, in the past. Now, of course, the Gold Cup schedule coming out today. Uh, Glendale will be hosting a group stage double header featuring qatar against honduras and mexico against haiti that coming at the end of june but for now yeah all the eyes on this u.s mexico game and actually if you have a little bit of a listen to someone i did speak uh well it was in the mix zones it wasn't just me but uh we did hear of course from uh kate cal today Mm. talking a little bit about actually his ties to his ties to mexico the fact that you know he's got the family links there and he's got his oh, yes. brother as well getting to call up to a younger squad yeah. from Mexico while he's with the U.S. team. So that's yes. what he said. We know that you have a uh, Mexican family ties too. Uh, how is your mentality going to this match? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be a strong uh, mindset. There's going to be a lot of mixed emotions and a lot of a lot of noise here, but it's going to be a great game. I'm ready for it. Right, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Uh, your brother got uh, he got called up to the, the Mexican team, the under 15. How does yeah. that feel for you? And then you playing against Mexico tomorrow. How's your family feeling? How are you feeling about his call up? And is that something that we're going to continue to see on his side? Yeah, I mean that's awesome on his part. Um, it's just going, to, I think, to Italy, right? Italy with Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The so I mean, he's super excited for that. My family's super excited. Um, obviously, I play Mexico tomorrow, so I'm sure. I don't know who he'll be rooting for, <laughs> but hopefully me. But yeah, I mean, we both respect each other a lot, and um, we want the best for him. Shout out to a familiar face we heard on there. Uh, you, yeah, and you, you also. I mean, you were also bigging up Kate Cowell as well as a uh, mm-hmm. Reno legend. You said Reno into sixty and rest in peace. Engine, rest in peace. <laughs> oh uh, but my god! Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Of course, when you these games are played here for a reason, right? It's to appeal to a. Uh, a population, a large population that has those links with Mexico as well in order to kind of really sell out this ground. And then you've got the players who've got the links on both sides of the border as well. Um, and that's what we heard from there. Um, it's always an interesting one, I guess, to see who they ultimately pick. Those things play out in the uh, yeah. <laughs> media constantly, is um, increasingly now even, as, mm. as you see the managers, head coaches on, on either side get ultimately judged on on yeah. who they can get to commit to them when they've got other options. So always an interesting one to hear about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Max, you excited for the game or no? I am pumped for this match. And you were saying how, depending on how you look at this, it might be easy to write this match off or it might be nothing more than what you would call it a is easy to write B-class this match rivalry. off. I completely disagree because I get that this is not within the FIFA window. You can say that. You can say, oh, it doesn't matter based on results and how the U.S. has won over Mexico, yada, yada, yada. No, I'm not hearing absolutely any of that. You are facing... You're not listening then, no, Max. you are not facing your arch rival. I do not care... You're not what facing them. You're right. You're not you, facing I, them. I, You're I facing do, a, a I do not. I do not care the circumstances. You are playing Mexico. This is a one of those things where you never know the players who are going to be featuring in this match, many of them who have been faced in the past with dual national opportunities and deciding who they're going to play for. You never know which of those players are not only going to show up now for tomorrow, but who are also going to be showing up for the future 
of both these national teams. So you can say it's a friendly. You can say all these things about it's it, whatever it is, what it is. But I take it's a lot of stock because good I'm luck sorry, telling says. the club that. And I get it's, you know, you can say, okay, you can, okay. C-squad, C-squad, he's C-squad. calling it a C international. No, 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 I'm no. being kind. I'm saying a B international. He's saying it's a C international. I get that. It's fair to say, but so it doesn't you, can't matter. Discount, you can't discount the rivalry. It's a cash grab. No, no, no. They're hugging on but these emotional Good luck telling the players strings. that, man. Good luck telling the players that you don't think the players are going to be, like, Putting a lot of this, I bet that it's going to be a high tempo and not just because, oh, people are fighting for roster spots. I think people legitimately are going to take this. Like, personally, I do not care if it's a if it's a B squad, a C squad, whatever you want to call it. No, I legitimately think there will be bragging rights and just there personal no pride. Bragging personal pride at this. stake. It's not no, in a no. FIFA window, man. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. You want to win. Cash you crap. think you want to just roll over against Mexico or for them I'm not roll saying over against you want to roll over, but there's a no. The difference between oh, no, that and thinking no. this means anything. It does. It does. You you can't put a price tag on this right here, Owen. You can't do that. FIFA can't buy me out for that. None of it. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Apparently you can put a price tag on it because they're charging upwards of about 50 bucks for tickets. Yeah, for but that's friendly. good because your boy got two. You're going to be there. In, uh, I will be there in the be- press box. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're living two different lives tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to live the fun stuff, whereas I'm in the sober area of the stadium. I'll be drinking for both of us. He will be, I'm sure. Oh, <gasps> buddy. Well... It's going to be showing the people who are going out to, to tomorrow. I already t- hit up a couple people in the Discord. They're going. Hit us up in the comments. Hit us up on. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit him up on Twitter if you're going. We'd love to say hello because we know you guys are die-hard U.S. or Mexico fans. Also, know there's a lot of die-hards in our chat, in our channel, in this show who are watching, who are die-hards. If you're interested in becoming a die-hard yourself, check out the phnxlocker.com. Get the discounts on the Sweet Sweet merch on events. Get a free shirt when you sign up and every year that you sign up and you get to participate in Discord, all these fun things were going on. A lot of events coming up. Again, only get all this stuff through the phnxlocker.com. Tell them I sent you. There's not really a place to put that, but you can just think that while you're doing it. Owen, we did not discuss this because, you know, it's it's kind of atypical, I guess, to uh, pr- try to put a score on a non-rising match. But I'm going to put you on the spot. I want a scoreline. Uh, see, you know what? I'll actually report on this a little bit. I had some conversations with people up there today, and it's interesting. I asked someone who primarily covers Mexico what the result was going to be. He told me it was going to be 3-1 to the U.S., I asked someone that predominantly covers the U.S. what the score was going to be. He didn't give me a score, but he told me that Mexico were going to win. Mm. So ultimately, no one wants to win this game is what I'm getting from it's this. The Everyone's just like, it's the complete opposite of what you advice. said. Everyone is actually you know, in touch instead of just Max here sitting, <laughs> shouting into the mic. Um, <laughs> saying pretty much that, eh, whatever's going to happen. Eh. Um, I'm going to go with a boring nil-nil draw. Oh, my gosh. This guy hates fun. This man absolutely... I'm not saying I hate fun. I'm just saying I think it's going to be dull. I think it's going to turn into a snooze fest of a game in some ways. Not the good kind of It's going to be nil-nil or it's going to be one-all, but I'd edge towards nil-nil. That is... Abs. That's absolutely tough. Well, I'm trying to look at what the odds are in the BetMGM Sportsbook app. But, you know, I'm going to give you guys a scoreline. Well, let's see, Harry. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter who, who wins. wins. No, it does not Harry. matter. Thank you, Harry. No, Harry. I completely disagree. Well, 
It's okay, even... Max. You have a right to be wrong. Oh my! Oh, I'm sorry. I, I've actually gotten a lot right on the show. Like my uh, score. Gosh darn it! It's not on there. I think I typed in US. Typed in USA and uh, showing hockey, but uh, that's not what oh, we're after. Showing, it's not what we're after. Cool. No, I think there are going to be goals. Certainly not nil nil. Give me certainly not nil nil. Ooh 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 ooh. Give me three. I almost want to say dose of Sarah, but I'm not going to say. That. Give me three one USA. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's it. You think three one US? I do. I, yeah. I did already speak that prediction from someone else. Okay. You're copying them. I'm not copying them. I'm an original. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, how about this? US is gonna score all three of their goals first, and Mexico is gonna get like one, you know, to to avoid the you know the shutout, the clean sheets, if you will. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, you're you're bowing me on. on that note. Let's get the heck out of here and let's watch some Suns playoff basketball. Appreciate everyone joining us on this intrepid journey. Catch us on Thursday at 6 p.m. for another show of the PH Next Rising podcast. Of course, we're going to be previewing San Antonio FC, and I'm sure we're going to see our guy Harry in there because he, he just said... You just said it doesn't matter who wins. That's why it doesn't matter. He clearly is talking about San Antonio. So, all right, man, I get it. We're just going to replicate that into what we're talking about on Thursday. But appreciate everyone joining us. Again, follow us at phnext underscore underscore rising. Double the underscore, Owen. Double the fun. Yep, that's right. Follow me. More important than the game tomorrow. Oh, boy, stop it. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Max David Simpson. You can follow this guy at OJ Evans 18 you can follow producer Shane at Shane Deef. Double the F. Um, so Even for, Harry's in the chat saying, let's go Suns. Let's go Suns, baby. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Heck yeah. Well, appreciate you guys. See you this on could th- age very badly for people who listen in the morning. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> I I'll, hope not. To be fair, a lot of things we say could age very badly in this podcast. But on that note, we'll see you guys on Thursday. But until then, peace.